Welcome to day 127 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are 2 Chronicles chapters 4 through 6. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Chapter 4 details the furnishings that Solomon and Hiram made for the temple. The precise descriptions of the furnishings in the chapter mirror the very detailed descriptions of the temple edifice itself given in the previous chapter. It's clear that the precision, artistry, and even the majesty of the temple in all of its various pieces were meant to give the greatest honor possible to God. After the lengthy description of the building of the temple, chapter 5 then turns to an equally lengthy account of the dedication of the temple. The process of dedication follows a very similar pattern to the one given in 1 Kings chapters 8 and 9. First, the ark will be brought into the temple, and then Solomon will pray a long prayer of dedication. In the prayer of Solomon are also prayers expecting both the exile and the later return from exile, as we'll see, events so important to the audience of the chronicler. And then finally, God appears to Solomon again, giving further divine blessing to his reign. The first 10 verses of chapter 5 give the specific story of the ark's installation in the temple. The last four verses of the chapter discuss the withdrawal of the priests from the holy place after the elements were put in place. After that, only one person, the high priest, could ever enter into the most holy place, and he could do that only once a year, on the Day of Atonement. The chapter ends with a short doxology. Yes, God is good. Yes, God's faithful love lasts forever. And after this song is over, the cloud, which was a symbol of God's presence in Exodus, descended upon the temple, and the priests could no longer perform their services because the cloud was so thick. The final stage of the temple's dedication is told over the next two chapters, chapter 6 and 7. In our chapter for today, beginning in chapter 6, there's a short address given by Solomon in the first 11 verses to God. Solomon says, I have built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. Some scholars have argued that in building the temple, Solomon was actually attempting to capture the presence of God or domesticate God in order to have some measure of control over the divine presence and will. And although I do think the biblical writers show frequent concern that the temple might become a kind of idol for the people or that various kings might use the temple and the priesthood as a way to prop up their own agenda, It's also clear in this dedicatory prayer of Solomon that the king knows that God's power and presence transcends any attempt to try to confine God or build a house for God. The prayer recorded here is very similar to the one recorded in 1 Kings 8, verses 22 through 53, with one major difference. The prayer in 1 Kings ends with a reference to the Exodus, but by contrast, this version in Chronicles ends with a citation from Psalm 132, verses 8 through 10. That change shifts the emphasis of the prayer in Chronicles away from the Exodus and Moses, more towards the covenant and David. One of the most beautiful aspects of the prayer is the inclusion of various situations where the temple might be used as the place where human need and divine action connect in prayer and power. Those various situations include the need for people to reconcile, when the people experience defeat, when the sky holds back rain, when there's a famine or plague in the land, when a foreigner or refugee needs help, when the nation is drawn into battle, or when the people are taken into exile. Each of these short sections about various petitions are really beautiful, but 
Special attention is often paid to the fact that Solomon includes foreigners and refugees who might come and pray and find their hope in Israel's God as well, as well as the last one, the clear reference to the actual experience of the Judeans in exile. The prayer is that Yahweh would not leave his people alone in a land far away or near, but instead would hear their prayer and their pleas and restore them to the land that God had promised them. I find it both so beautiful and amazing that the chronicler would include his original audience, the post-exilic Judeans, in this prayer from Solomon's lips at the dedication of the temple. This beautiful prayer brings to mind for me the words of Jesus about the temple. In the Gospels, Jesus says, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Certainly, God's presence is not connected to a particular building or location. We know that. But there is a beautiful hope here that when God's people gather together in prayer, that their great need would be met by God's even greater grace and provision. What a beautiful picture. Our text for tomorrow, our 2 Chronicles, chapters 7 through 9, and we're including Psalm 54. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.